the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we are live, live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, once again, with the holiday season in full swing and Christmas being right around the corner, we can anticipate hearing sermons and messages taught from the book of Matthew or the book of Luke. But how often have you heard a Christmas message taught from the book of Hebrews. Are you aware that there are great similarities? Well, tonight we bring you part two in our series entitled Seeing Christmas Through the Book of Hebrews. You won't want to miss this, so stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary Bell, I am truly blessed, and thank you so much for that challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. We always get blessed by you uh, sharing every Saturday before the Word of God. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radiant Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. We know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight and encouraged by our program tonight. What a series this has been thus far talking about seeing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. How often have you heard a message on that? Just ponder on that. Think about that for a moment. This is a title that you have uh, hardly ever heard anyone preach on or teach on. Well, in this series, you're going to hear a lot about uh, seeing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. Now, uh, tonight, I want to call your attention to uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 1, and verse 4. Hebrews, chapter 1, and verse 4. Be made so, just ponder on that word so for a minute. Be made so, 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 so. I just can't. Get off of that word, so. You know what it makes me think about? John 3 and 16. For God so loved the world. Just that little word, so. Most of the time, when you tell somebody that you love them, you just say, I love you. But uh, put in that word, so, with love, that takes it to a whole different level. That's an agape love. Being, but here the writer saying, being made so, so much better than the angels. 
as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. Sing Christmas according to the book of Hebrews. Now, by way of introduction, I want to talk about the best Christmas gift or a better Christmas gift than any gift, which is God's son is better than all. Better than all gifts, because he is not only God's son, but now check this out. Listen to this carefully. He's not only God's son, but he is God the son. That's something that the cults don't want to hear. They don't want to hear about God the son. Well, they'd love to talk about uh, that sometime, but they definitely don't want to hear about God the son. They want to hear about the son of God. Sometimes, sometimes that will disturb me. But when you say God the Son, you're taking it to a whole different level. And when you take it to another level, you create new devils. Now, uh, I want to uh, meddle with this word better. I want to meddle with this word better. The reason why I want to meddle with it, because... The writer of Hebrews, he meddles with it. And he meddles with it throughout the book of Hebrews. Did you ever know that? You ever did a study on that? Just the word better. Now, you want to uh, get to a table and you want to get your papers, you get your Bibles, and you want to follow along on this jet tour of this word better. Oh, this is a tremendous word, tremendous truth. And uh, it seems like the writer of Hebrews, one of the major things of the book of Hebrews is this word better because it emphasizes superiority. It's a word of superiority. It's a word of supremacy. It's a word above all and above all and through all and around all and under all. Now, so when we look at Hebrews chapter one, verse four, being made so much better. Stop at that word better for a minute and ponder on it, better. Now, the Greek word for better is an interesting word. It's kreton, kreton. K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N. K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N. That's what it is. It's kreton. Now, what does that word kreton mean in Greek? It means, and it refers to nature, essence, and being. It is a word of equality. Jesus is in he's equal to God in essence, nature, and being, or nature, essence, and being. Uh, they share the same nature, essence, and being within the Trinity, the Godhead. Now, Jehovah's Witnesses, which is a cult, I was teaching on that uh, today when I did my lecture on dealing with the introduction to the cults. I included the Jehovah's Witnesses. 
Now, the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they do an injustice to John 14 and 28. Because Jesus said, the Father is greater than I. Now, so they use that as a proof text to say Jesus was not equal to God. Now, now if Jesus would have used in John 14 and 28, the Greek word kreton, I'm going to give you a little Greek tonight, K-R-E-I-T-T-O-N, then we would know that he would be less than the Father. But what Jesus used is the Greek word mezon, M-E-I-Z-O-N, in John 14 and 28. And that's talking about position. What did Jesus do in this position? He laid aside, make note of this. This is a tremendous way of saying it. Jesus laid aside the right or the prerogative to always act as God because he was truly divine and truly human. So he laid aside the prerogative or the right to always act as God, but he never ceased God. So he laid aside in his incarnation the right to always act as God, but never cease being God. So the word better is a major theme throughout the book of Hebrews. Let's go through this jet tour real quick to see this tremendous truth. Number one, Hebrews 1 and 4, being made so much better than the angels. Oh, you know what? When the uh, cults and especially uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses try to say that he's Michael the archangel, give him this. He's, he's being made so much better than the angels. And then we know from June 9 that Michael, the archangel, had to get permission to rebuke the devil. And yet Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 didn't have to get permission. Why? Because he's God. God don't have to get permission to rebuke the devil, but the angels do and we do. Number two. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 7, it says regarding Jesus that, uh, and without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. There's the word better again. In other words, Jesus is more supreme and better than the Melchizedek priesthood. He's better than that. He's better than the Aaronic and the Melchizedek priesthood. That's what the writer of Hebrews is saying. Why? Because he's God. Number three, in Hebrews 7, verse 19, we learn in Jesus Christ there is a better hope. The text says in Hebrews 7 and 19, for the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope. Now, this is a tremendous truth, and it should be said to every, uh, you know, Seventh-day Adventist and every law keeper, every black Hebrew Israelite and every Masonic Jew who is into the law. This is teaching that for the law made nothing perfect. Oh, well, that's the truth. Why? 
Because Jesus came to do what the law could not do. He came to bring a better hope. And in Christ, there is not only hope for Christmas, but there is hope every day. Number four, number four. Oh, this is great truth. Hebrews 8 and verse 6, we learn that in Christ, there is a better covenant. Now, uh, after I say this, I'm going to stop on this, and we're going to pick up with this more next time. Because I'm going to take my time with this word better. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, we learn that in Christ, there is a better covenant. Hebrews 8 and 6, but now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. So Hebrews 8 and verse uh, 6 is talking about a better covenant. Because the old covenant, according to the same writer in Hebrews 8 and 13, teaches that the old covenant is obsolete. It says, in that he saith, a new covenant he has made the first old. Now that is that which decayeth and wax old is ready to vanish away. Now, this is a tremendous truth to share with Sabbatarians and law keepers and black Hebrew Israelites and all the law keepers that the old covenant is obsolete. It's dead. Why? Because God has given a new covenant and we need to be living by the new covenant in Christ and let all this nonsense go. Let all this foolishness go. You know, the first principle of hermeneutics is that you always interpret the Old Testament in the light of the new and never the reversal. The mistake that law keepers do, they want to interpret the New Testament in the light of the old. And that's a major mistake. I told that to uh, the people when I did my lecture today. You all, The first principle of hermeneutics, which is the biblical science of interpretation, is that you always interpret the Old Testament in light of the new. Dear Lord, touch somebody out there tonight who heard this message. This is a powerful Christmas message, but it's a message, an everyday message, that we emphasize Christ as better than Buddha, Zoroaster, Confucius, Muhammad, Moses, Aaron, the Melchizedek, all the angels, better than all the preachers today, better than everybody. And Lord, if anybody is hearing this message and put themselves and others before Jesus, we ask you to forgive them and ask them to accept you in their heart and confess their sins right now and accept you as Savior and Lord in their life. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding this awesome word in Jesus being better than all. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it is time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open and we want to invite you to give us a call. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith.
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. If you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and we always say prayer should be your first response and not your last resort. So make prayer an, uh, an, uh, an important uh part of your life. We want to encourage you that you should be praying and seeking God for your problems, your issues, your concerns. And we're here tonight to pray with you if you so desire. And so we also want to thank those of you who have been praying for our ministry. We know that so many of you have been listening since day one and uh, been praying for us that long. And so we really appreciate those prayers. We know that those prayers are vital to keeping us going. So please, we want to encourage you be consistent in your prayers for contending for the faith. And also, this is a listener-supported ministry, and so we need your financial support as well. We uh, can't thank you enough, those of you who have been so faithful to give to this ministry and to keep it going these many, many years. And so it's just a, it's humbling, and it's, a, it's such a, a, a blessing to us that we receive your letters and cards, we receive your donations, we receive your prayers, and we thank you, thank you so much. Cost us 400 a week to remain on the air, so we really need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. There's two ways that you can donate. First way is to address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553. Tiburon, California, that's T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way to donate is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. Also, we want to encourage you that if you go to kfax.com and look at the top of the page and you'll see a banner and look for Contending for the Faith and you will be able to access our podcast. And it's chock full of great information, all the shows that we've done and all the various topics. So if you've ever, if you missed certain episodes and you wish you could have uh, heard them, well, you can. Just go on to the podcast and you'll be able to take advantage of all that great information. You know, one one of our longtime staff and associates, Brother Rick Weinstein, uh, has fallen ill. And we just want to lift him up in prayer and, and ask you to join with us uh, to pray for Brother Rick tonight because he's an important part of us, an important part of our team, and we love him dearly. And so we're really concerned, and we want to just uh, agree in prayer. The Word of God says where two or more are gathered, he's in the midst. The Lord's in the midst. And so even though we are separated by the airwaves, he's still in the midst of us. So let's pray. Lord, we just lift up Brother Rick tonight. Uh, We pray for his healing and restoration. We pray, Lord God, that you keep him in good spirits and that you strengthen him and encourage him and that you surround him with the help and the care that he needs, that he can make a full recovery. And we just thank you in advance for all that you're going to do. You are the great physician, and you have never lost a case. You're still in the business of healing and touching and restoring. And so we just thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Well, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to get to some of the callers tonight? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. All right. Uh, let's go to line one. We have CC. Hello, CC. How you doing? Uh, how you guys doing? Uh, we are truly blessed, my brother. You always get to hear your voice, and we trust that you got encouraged by the message tonight. It's never a time since I since I first time I called you guys that haven't got encouraged. It's never been one time I could actually say that I ever called and didn't get encouraged. I, every time I've listened to you guys from the start, that's what kept that's what led me to call you guys a second time and all the way up to all these years I've been talking to you guys. So I'm blessed by every message. Oh, beautiful! What was something that really stood out and ministered to you? What ministered to me is you went to John fourteen twenty eight because I've. You know, by God's grace, I've dealt with a lot of Jehovah Witnesses before, and I've, you know, I've talked to them and Mormons and stuff, and I like to be prepared, and that's a passage that I've looked at a lot, and that's what I got out that passage when you use the word creton, which refers to his nature, and use the word mazon in his position. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a wonderful text there because it's so good to understand the Greek because the Greek has a stronger punchline than you know, an English word. So if someone is, doesn't have a, a grip on the Greek language and you are before a Jehovah Witness and they read that part, you're not going to be able to defend that position because in English it would appear that he was taking, you know, saying that the Father was greater. But when you look at it in that context, using the word creton, which had to do with his nature, and then using the word Amazon, which had to do with his position, meaning that, you know, that he took a lower position. That was his prerogative that he took, in essence. You know, it, it brings the whole thing out. And I, just, I love how you, how, how, you, how you brought that out. There's a lot more, too, in the message, but I know of the other callers, but that's the main thing, because John 14, 28 is something I've been looking at for years because I like to be prepared because I deal with a lot of Jehovah Witnesses and Mormons, and I always like to be prepared when I talk to them, not to try to win an argument, but to try to show them the right way. Amen. Well, that's a tremendous thing uh, to do. And we'll keep you in prayer on that. And I always tell people the greatest thing that one can do today is to be equipped so that they don't get whipped. And, you know, the big emphasis today is the war between the two E's, evangelism versus equipping. And you don't hear too many people talking about equipping the saints. So we need to equip people. And that's what's going to make them uh, really good at uh, and uh, knowledgeable in the area of evangelism. And Walter Martin, my mentor one time, said, apologetics is the handmaiden of evangelism. And that is so true. You know, you need to be mentored in that area as well. And so we have one... Uh, some one group of people that uh, was at the uh, class today that was asking questions and uh, they wanted to know uh, how can I uh, encourage young people who want to go into apologetics. So I told them several things. I said, number one, get the book by Dr. Norman Geisler. He wrote a book on Introduction to Apologetics. And I want to encourage everybody to get that book. Norman Geisen, one of the greatest apologists, got on to be with the Lord. I did a conference and with him many times. And then uh, Josh McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Volume 1 and 2. 
Uh, that's uh, great stuff for young people. And then thirdly, have a Dr. Buckner come in and do some seminars. Um, I even have a PowerPoint on 12 ways on how to do apologetics. So churches can get blessed by having a Dr. Buckner come in and uh, teach the church on how to defend truth. Uh, okay, so we'll get to your question. What's on your heart tonight? I want to ask you to... Um about, you know, um, the book of Isaiah. I know you're pretty familiar with that book. And um, I know commentator, a lot of commentators have said that they they, they split the, um, chapter 40, and they try to say that Isaiah uh, is a two-part message, you know, in that part where Jesus is op- talking about opening the way up to the Gentiles and how they say, how a lot of commentators say it's, it's a, like a, a second half. They could be a second half and, you know, in the last half of it. And I'd just like like you to, um, if you can open it up, some, then, then you know, illustrate that, and then and the message that Jesus was talking about too, especially in light of the Gentiles coming in, which he he professed in uh, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, um, the just uh, let me kind of give you an understanding, a basic understanding. You know, there's a, been some scholars who try to divide the books up. Uh, of Isaiah, and there's no way you can really do that uh, when the writers never did do that, and nor should we. But there's always some people that's going to try to divide certain chapters up and and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, when there's always been books in the Bible and the Old Testament that uh, alludes to the Gentiles coming in, and Isaiah uh, talks about that, but you don't get a real full picture of that, especially from a Christian perspective, until you really get to uh, the writings of Paul. So you have to go to Isaiah, uh, not Isaiah, but Romans uh, chapter 9 through 11, where it talks about the the olive branch and branches being brought in, you get the you get a real clear picture from a biblical perspective of the Gentiles, and so you, uh, even though there are certain things that uh, God always had a compassion for Gentiles, and you see them coming in and and God showing compassion like on Rahab and others, uh, you can't get a better picture of this thing. Uh, than the New Testament. Now, uh, the uh, you know what the word Isaiah means? Uh, I did, but I forgot. I had I had it before, but I, I forgot the information. If you could refresh my memory. Yeah, Isaiah means that it's a meaning God saved. So he had a, uh, the Lord through Isaiah had a heart for the people, um, but. If somebody wanted to come in, God always had the door open for proselytes. That's people, uh, Gentiles, coming into the Jewish faith, and they became a proselyte, and they were accepted in. Uh, but Isaiah's main message was that God is both the judge and the savior of all mankind. Uh, if uh, for His people, if they repent and they turn to Him. But the judgment, his main thing is that judgments were coming in on his own people because they were constantly being rebellious. And God would use even ungodly leaders to come in and judge them. 
and discipline them. And so when you, uh, another thing about Isaiah, when you're dealing with Isaiah, uh, you're dealing with um, a, another, I would say you, this is the closest book in the Old Testament to the Gospel of John because there are so many parallels. And even though Isaiah talks about the death and suffering of Christ, uh, you have the I am's all over the place. So, so, and so when you get to Isaiah 40, it is designed to take your focus away from everything and consider the sovereign Lord, the one true living God. And uh, the chapter begins with a message of comfort and redemption from the Lord. It points to the coming of Christ and good news, not only for uh, the Jews who turn to him, but the Gentiles that turn to him as well. So this is uh, uh, a tremendous book. And and like I said, the, the closest thing to the Gospel of John is Isaiah, it's the Old Testament John, because you find so much parallel. In the in the Gospel of John, the word I am is mentioned over 23 times and seven times regarding salvation. And then when you get into Isaiah, you keep reading it over and over and over. It's all over the place. I am, I am. And then it has a lot of revelation in it. You know, we're talking Jesus said, for I am the first and the last. So you look at Isaiah 44 and 6, talks about uh, I am the first and last, and besides me, there is no God. You got that all over the place, the suffering servant, suffering, suffering Savior. It's just tremendous. And uh, by his stripes we are healed, Isaiah 53. People have taken that thing completely out of context. And so that's a subject that we can talk about another time but hopefully i've kind of went into this thing a little little deeper but hopefully uh it's giving you some insight to do some further study in the area i appreciate that too and if you can i appreciate if you can that'll be my next question lord willing for next week if you can pick up on that part where he talks about um you know about, um, by my stripes you're healed because i've heard that really taken out in context or what you know and i that was something i believed when i was really younger because i was hearing a lot of stuff on this so if you can allude to that next week that'll that's that'll be my question yeah let's let's deal with that next week by his stripes we're healing you know with word faith teachers this is what you have to word faith teachers what they do is they take that out of context and that they say some things about that that's way uh out of left field and matter of fact it doesn't even have a field with it so let's discuss that and i'll break that down to you in what it actually means and in the context because oratory said the great prince among preachers a text taken out of his context becomes a pretext for error so what what's on your heart you got some prayer requests yeah, you could just you guys um, pray for my, my mother Rosalinda, like I usually say, my family, and then I have a, um, a family member um, that has diabetes, and their diabetes is getting worse, but then they're refusing to eat right. And I have a, a list of good foods that would actually help them, and so I just want the mother to be healed and to listen to, to take this diet because I know it will help them tremendously. 
and you can lift up celebrities in general. And then for me, just pray for me because um, I'm in the fitness and, and, and exercise in a lot. I want God to bless bless my health and continue to bless all the studying I'm doing because I'm taking in a lot of information and I'm trying to soak it in. And it's so much, sometimes I get overwhelmed and I just need his help. Yeah, it's, it would be good for you also to get a good commentary, Bible commentary. You have a Bible commentary? I have a couple of them, you know what I'm saying, but I want to get a different one. I know I got John MacArthur, um, I got his his commentary and some other commentaries, but I, I do need, I want to, I'm overdue, I need to get some new ones, because I have, I had, I've had those for years. Yes. Um, well, if you, you really want to get into, uh, for a beginner, uh, you know, it's way back early in history, but, uh, Matthew Henry commentary. I generally always say that for people who begin, who's a beginning, beginner Christian. But once you advance, RCH Lenski. And so I have a whole set of RCS Lenski and, uh, Kyle and Dalich. There's a lot of Hebrew with, uh, with the uh, English with that. But, uh, RCH Lenski is, uh, I think when it comes to consistency with, scripture and sound that's good but we'll recommend some more stuff but start off with matthew henry commentary is basic and uh, he gives some pretty good stuff so well, we have gary to pray and then we're gonna get to brother germain all right <clears throat> so lord we just thank you for brother cc we pray lord god that his desire is to grow in your word and we pray that you would just supernaturally quicken his mind that uh, that he might uh, be able to take this information, absorb it, and be able to share it, and uh, also give reasons and answers for faith as he deals with various members of Jehovah Witness, Mormons, and others. Lord God, we pray for his mother, for her health, pray for his health, Lord God, that you would help him to uh, be consistent in exercise and proper eating. And we pray, Lord God, for celebrities as well, Lord God, they, there's, we're, all of us have fallen short in and in our need of a savior and regardless of whatever station in life, whatever blessing we have, regardless of whatever occupation that we do, all have sinned and all need Christ. And so we pray for them as well, that you, Lord God, would supernaturally touch their lives. And we thank you and praise you and give you the, give you the glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And Cece, it's always good to hear from you. Look forward to discussing uh, next week by his stripes. We are healed. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contenting for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we just want to thank all of you once again who have been praying for Contending for the Faith, and as well as those of you who have stepped up to the plate and hit a home run in terms of giving. And uh, right now we are very, very thankful and happy to report that we are in the black and uh, but that doesn't mean we need to stop so we want to encourage you as we round the corner into the holiday season and people are getting revved up to 
buy gifts and do all the great uh, holiday activities, don't forget that uh, we need your continuous prayers as well as your consistent giving. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, and uh, we, we need your help to do that and to be consistently uh, on top of things. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, the first, you can write a check or s- send a money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way, once again, is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right. Dr. Buckley, you ready to go back to the callers? Yes, let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, we have Jermaine. Hey, Brother Jermaine, how you doing? Oh, it's uh, good to be back. I'm doing pretty good. Thank you. So you, are you back in town now from your work uh, assignment? Well, yeah. I've, I've actually been back for uh, months now, but I, I guess you guys are getting very popular because I've, I've tried to call in several times. I just couldn't get through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Guess. Well, sometimes it's like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. it's a good problem. You guys are doing a good job. <laughs> well, we're glad you got through tonight. Yes, we're glad that you're back, too. We miss you being uh, uh, on the air and calling in, so it's good to have you back. And, and I trust that your family's going well. Oh, yeah, yes, sir. Everybody's doing very, very well. God's been uh, very good to us during this time. Very good. Well, we're always praying for you. <laughs> What's on your heart tonight? Well, uh, actually, I actually had a two-parter. The first part I wanted to talk about it with you know the recent controversy of our day and uh, the whole vaccination issue. And me personally, I, I feel like everyone's choice is their own. But the issue I had is I noticed a lot of churches, uh, especially in minority communities, they seem to have been doing more preaching on that than they have on salvation. And some of the big names like T.D. Jakes and Devin Franklin's and these other people. And again, you know, I know it can go either way depending on what your uh, beliefs are. But the problem I have is uh, some of the churches seem to have allowed politicians and people who are distinctly anti-Christian to get behind their pulpits and talk about this stuff. And I just have a personal problem with that when you, you look up the histories of somebody like the governor of New York or the uh, vice president, and they're, they're staunchly pro, you know, from, from trans issues to abortion to things that are just repulsive. It, nothing against them, but their policies to me would disqualify them from getting behind a pulpit. And I know none of them would dare ever try and get behind your pulpit. They, they just, they, there's no way. But is it right for the church to allow them to get behind their pulpits just because they're passionate about this particular issue? So I wanted to ask you. Well, that's a good question. Well, it's absolutely... Uh you know, uh, a sin to allow that to come in the pulpit. When I was doing a teaching today uh, at the uh, church there in Milpitas, I covered another Jesus versus the real Jesus. And uh, what is happening today is that uh, there are some people, even church people that you're talking about, people that call themselves Christians even, that are more into politics than they are in the power of the Holy Spirit. And they will 
bring, like you said, these people behind the pulpit and and even they will put bumper stickers on their cars of various uh, politicians with never a bumper sticker of Jesus Christ. And then you got all this blasphemy stuff going on, as you mentioned, and they bring it right into this. Uh, what is happening today is that um, we we are dealing with, um, uh, let me put it, get back on this, that uh, we're dealing with a world today where uh, people have not only been uh, woke to the woke culture, but they have also been uh, awoke to the vaccination. I'm not against it because I had it myself, but I'm against the mandate. And But I found in my research that, and this may shock some people, but I found in my research that uh, the wokeism and the vaccination of uh, has become a new religion. Uh, mm. It literally has become a new religion. And there are people, there are some people that are worshiping Fauci. Yeah. And he even has uh, candles, uh, prayer candles of himself there. They, there are some people on the liberal stations immortalizing him and calling him truth and all of that stuff. And the Bible calls for us to not get into wokeism, but awakeism. We we are to be awakened towards these deceptive things that are going is unconstitutional. People need to understand that. And even the government, they don't have the right to mandate things. It's, a, it's unconstitutional. That's why one of the attorney generals in one of the southern states put a halt to that because they realized and looked at the law and said it's unconstitutional for that to happen. So uh, Jesus said, when getting back to your question about the, allowing that stuff in the church, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, the kingdom of God is within. And our duty is to be faithful to Christ as king and under his lordship. That's what it means to be involved with his kingship is that he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And they tried to make him out of a political leader. And Jesus told them, my kingdom is not of this world. But they're not thinking like that. A lot of these, even people that are calling themselves preachers, they're not thinking that way. They're thinking, okay, I want to get in good, but the politicians, I want to get in good, but, uh, you know, the wokeism and the vaccinism, and a lot of that stuff has come uh, to become a religion. It's the new religion, and people are crossing over right now, uh, worshiping uh, uh, Fauci. Uh, and then the, the other sad thing is that a lot of the people that's telling us to mandate certain things is not doing it themselves. You know, Fauci cool. was caught at a baseball game with no mask on, Nancy Pelosi. And then you got uh, Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry. Uh, they tell us to do it, but they don't do it themselves because they realize a lot of things they're saying, a lot of this stuff is weak, and it's not strong science with a lot of things that they're saying. So am I against the vaccination? No, but I'm against uh, mandates. And because what that is... That's communism and Marxism to the max. 
And we need to stick with the kingdom of God and Jesus is king and Lord and not do the three C's, compromise, confuse, or contradict. So hopefully that kind of adds a little bit to what you were saying. Yeah, um, and thank you for that. I was excellent. And, uh, you know, that's why I know you guys are a trusted resource. You're, you're there for the Lord. And, you know, I know this can go on for another hour, so I'm going to cut it off there and just do part two, you know, next time, Lord willing. Yeah, well, you, you raised some real good uh, questions, and that it, it needs to be, uh, you know, addressed. And we are called to give an answer and a reason for our faith for uh, all this craziness is going on. But uh, in my recent research, uh, uh, the COVID, there's a COVID people are worshiping it in a lot of ways, uh, and not the COVID itself, but it's a COVID God, it's a vaccine God, and it's a Fauci God. And some people are more into that than they are Jesus Christ. And that's a real danger. We got to be careful about stuff like that because that's where God judges us as a nation because idolization, God always judges a nation when they got into two things, idolatry and immorality. Gary, you want to add to this? Uh, no, I think we need to, we have one more caller, so we'll just have to... Uh... Maybe pick this up next time if you want to squeeze Sophia in. Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. All right. All right. Let's go to Sophia quickly. Sophia, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. I tell you, I know time is of essence right now. So I think I'll reserve my question. And this has been a very riveting show, I can tell you tonight. I hope that's the right word. But anyway, um, I wanted to give a very two-second testimony, if I may. Would that be okay? Yes, go ahead. Okay, the testimony is that I know you and and Brother Gary. I've known Rick a very, very long time and love him, and that was a beautiful prayer, uh, Brother Gary. But I just want to say that Rick has always been so generous with his time and wonderful to me. And um, I just say that my heart is heavy like all of ours, and and I pray along with you and, and Brother Gary, but I just wanted to say that because he's never failed to give me the time to answer my questions, and in between when I'm listening to, to Contending for the Faith, he'll fill me in. So I just wanted to say that. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate, appreciate that, Sophia, because Rick and I have known each other for over 20-something years. We've been, he used to be my straight right-hand man, Oh. And when he got uh, Parkinson and diabetes and sleep apnea, it just took him down, and he ended up uh, losing a leg, uh, got a leg amputated. But he got a great mind. He was a CPA, and he's a very always been very sharp, a Jewish brother that came to know the Lord. And yet uh, he uh, got uh, his, his uh, bone, got caught somehow lost in a shoe. And he just got confused for a moment, and then they, they sent him to the hospital. And then the next thing you know, uh, I called the hospital, and we don't know if they went to, went to a rehab, but keep him in prayer. I haven't heard from him. He was supposed to come over to our church, and he didn't make it. So keep him in prayer uh, consistently, because uh, soon I hear from him and get a report, I'll be sure to let everybody know. All right. Well, I hear the music in the background, so our time is up. We've come to the end of tonight's broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. 
please keep us in your prayers until next time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.